0: Indecision is a dangerous thing, especially when it pertains to one's eternal soul. Straddling the fence just won't work. In God's house there are no halfway positions. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. The man of God Joshua understood the danger of indecision and wrote in Joshua chapter 24 verse 15, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or of the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The great prophet Elijah speaks it well in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Today man continues to halt between two opinions. Is the Bible literally true? Or should I reject it entirely? Or worse yet, should I mix it with the teachings of man? In the matter of evolution, much of confessing Christianity has endorsed it. Yes, they believe that we evolve from that supposed primordial soup that popped up out of nothing, and they attempt to sanitize their unbelief by claiming that God started the process rolling. God said in Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Man said it was a process of evolution that took billions of years. The Bible record of the earth and universe's age of just over 6,000 years is absurd. Now the record. It must be noted that Jesus Christ, Moses, and the writers of the Bible believed in a young earth as recorded in the Word of God. It's a shame they didn't have academia around to correct their misconceptions. Much time and energy has gone into attempting to reconstruct the supposed evolution of man, but time and time again, failure and fraud has become the outcome. On one occasion, I was talking to a confessing Christian who believed in evolution and told me several times he had no problem in believing in the Neanderthal man. As we travel along in this article, you'll, you'll discover the error, error excuse me of his misplaced faith. It should be noted that the reason all the so-called missing links proving evolution end up in failure or fraud is simply because they are lies. Let's take a look at some of the so-called evolutionary stages of man. Ramapithecus, who is purported to be a hominid, which means a man-like ape, has been based on a few teeth and a few fossil fragments of the jaw. Recent additional fossil material discovered reveals Ramapithecus was not an intermediate between ape and man, but was the same as a modern orangutan. I assume those who originally published this misinformation must have sent you a retraction notice. Australopithecines, supposed cousins of Ramapithecus, were discovered in 1924 and hailed as more proof of the missing link proving the evolution of man. The Ramapithecines reportedly had ape like features and teeth like modern man. Australopithecines and Ramapithecus entered the textbooks as facts of evolution. After many years of careful investigation, two leading evolutionary anatomists, Dr. Zolly Zuckerman and Dr. Charles Oxnard, concluded that Australopithecines did not walk upright and were not intermediate between ape and man, contrary to what was widely accepted. Dr. Henry Morris of the Institute for Creation Research weighed in with the following statement. However, Ramipithecus has now been relegated to the role of nothing but an extinct ape, and so has his somewhat more man-like cousin, Australopithecus. Ever hear of the Java Man? Dr. Dubois was the discoverer of Java Man. His evidence consisted of a large leg bone, a skull cap, and three molar teeth. All the fossil evidence was found over a one-year period and within a 50-foot wide area. For 30 years, Dr. Dubois had concealed the fact that at the same level, he had found human skulls, which simply mean that Java Man was not an intermediate link between the ape and man. Just before his death, Dr. Dubois, who had convinced most of the skeptics of Java Man's credentials, changed his position and decided that Java Man was probably a giant gibbon and not man like at all. Now for the Neanderthal man. Dr. Duane Gish, a well-known biochemist, author, and famous debater, had the following comment concerning Neanderthal man. It was claimed that he lived as long as about 100,000 years ago to as recently as about 25,000 years ago, but all anthropologists now believe that he was just as human as you and I, end of quote. Dr. H. Morris and Dr. H. Morris III in their book Many Infallible Proofs have this enlightening section on the Neanderthal man. The most famous of all the supposed ape-men was Neanderthal man, who was believed by the contemporaries of Charles Darwin to be a brutish, half-stooped, ape-like, evolutionary ancestor of Homo sapiens. It is now quite evident, however, even to the evolutionist, that Neanderthal, as well as the still more advanced Cro-Magnum man, was human in every sense of the word, completely Homo sapiens. Even such thorough-going evolutionists as Dobshansky has commented on this. The cranial capacity of the Neanderthal race of Homo sapiens was on the average equal to or even greater than that in modern man. The reason why Neanderthal man was somewhat stooped and brutish in structure was not because he was newly evolved from the ape, but because he had health problems. Now at long last, thanks to the investigations of Dr. Francis Ivanhoe of London, who published his findings in the August 8, 1970 issue of Nature, the Neanderthal puzzle may have been solved. His review of the currently available anthropological and medical evidence, shows that Neanderthal man was evidently the victim of his decision to move too far north at the wrong time, the onset of the glacial age. In doing so, contends Dr. Ivanhoe, he lost sufficient contact with the ultraviolet rays of the sun, and because his diet did not provide the missing nutrient, he contracted rickets, the vitamin D deficiency disease, which was to deform him for thousands of years to follow. The headline of S. Bunny's article in the New Scientist was, Neanderthals weren't so dumb after all. She said, Paleontologists in Israel have discovered a fossil bone which shows that Neanderthals may have been just as capable of speech as modern humans. Another article in New Scientist was titled, Living Human Fossils in Outer Mongolia. One of the paragraphs in the article reads, Is Neanderthal man alive and living in Outer Mongolia? Myra Shackley, tentatively proposed this question in 1980 in her semi-popular book Neanderthal Man. Probably to the surprise of many archaeologists, she repeats it in the latest issue of the much-respected archaeology journal Antiquity. The sightings of wild men with the physical appearance of Neanderthals together with the tool finds represent to Myers Shackley an impressive body of material which is difficult to disregard. Cro-Magnum man, according to evolutionists, is the last evolutionary step to man, but the fact of the matter is that he simply is man. Dr. Gish said if he were walking down the street in a business suit, nobody would recognize anything out of place. Here's another fossil or group of fossils that fooled the world's greatest authorities. In 1912, a man by the name of Dawson found a piece of a jaw, two molar teeth, and a piece of a skull. He dubbed his find the Piltdown Man, and he claimed he was an ape man that lived a half million years ago. It wasn't until 1953 that Dawson and his spines were proven frauds. The teeth had been filed down and the bones had been artificially colored. Have you ever heard of Williams Jennings Bryan? He was the much ridiculed Christian attorney who fought against the evolutionist in the famous Scopes Evolution Trial in Dayton, Tennessee. Academia laughed and scoffed at Brian's ignorance because he protested the scanty evidence of their proffered proof that evolution had finally found the missing link. Their evidence was a single tooth. After a healthy dose of $24 word baloney, the tooth became the Nebraska Man. According to the Enlightened Ones, Nebraska Man lived and thrived one million years ago. Pseudoscience touted Nebraska man with great pride and jubilation. Unfortunately for pseudoscience, years later, more fossils were on Earth and the famous tooth was discovered to be the tooth of just a lowly pig. Lucy, who was touted as one of the oldest hominids known, is officially called Astralopithecus afarensis. According to a 1983 article in Science News, a researcher by the name of Zilman of UC Santa Cruz, who was then a supporter of Lucy, compared Lucy to a pygmy chimpanzee. She reported that they are almost identical in body size, in structure, and in brain size. She claims the major differences are represented in the hip and foot, which facilitated Lucy's adaptation to bipedal locomotion, walking on two feet, so she said. According to Dr. Kent Hovind, now nearly all experts agree, Lucy was just a three-foot-tall chimpanzee. After all these years, the missing links are still missing. After millions of unearthed fossils, the missing link is still missing. Don't all of these supposed evolutionary men, the Java Man, Neanderthal Man, cro Magnum Man, etc., sound somewhat like the Gingerbread Man? Evolution is dead. They just forgot to bury the body. God said in Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Man said, It was a process of evolution that took billions of years. The Bible record of the earth and universe's age of just over 6,000 years is absurd. Now you have The record.